I never saw it as a roadblock. I never saw myself as different, even though I didn't see the representation on TV. So everyone in my family are either doctors or like techies. Okay, so like that's that's the vibe. I don't fit that profile <laughs> at all. I think Virgin Radio, what I love about Virgin and why I've been there now for 15 years is that we reflect the society that we live in. We are from all edges of the world. We all speak different languages and we're happy to celebrate all cultures because that's the way the world should be. You know, it's so interesting because because I work on the radio, what's funny is the comment that I get a lot and I didn't really realize the severity of this comment, yeah? The comment that I get a lot is like, oh, you're the girl on the radio? But you sound so American. I would have never guessed. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of What's Brown Got To Do With It. Now I'm not gonna lie, but I'm a bit nervous about this one in fear of being judged on my podcasting skills. Um, so I would like to introduce my next guest, Prithi Malik. Um, Prithi describes herself as a New York City girl with Indian roots. Prithi, as most of you will more commonly know her as the co-host on the Chris Fade Show at Virgin Radio Dubai. Hi, Prithi. Welcome. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Don't judge me, please. <laughs> no, not at all. We're just two women having a chat. That's all that this is. We are indeed. I'm so excited yep. about this one because yep. I listen to you every morning on the way to Thank school. You. Thank you. Uh, me and my son and we just find you so entertaining and what I absolutely love and I have to like say this is how so refreshing that you have brought in this whole desi element on <laughs> the Chris Fade like on Virgin Radio so it's Thanks. so nice that especially living in this region like there's such a huge diaspora um, when it yeah. comes to South Asians and so yeah. anybody can kind of tune in and relate to the content so yeah. that leads me to begin with, like, yeah. can you just share um, your journey into the world of media and radio and sure. some of the key highlights um, of the moments that led you to become like a radio presenter? Um, yeah, sure. So I started uh, doing this when I was um, about 16, 17 years old. I've okay. been in the industry. I started in high school. The light bulb moment for me um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college. I thought I'd do law just because I like to talk. So I was like, oh, <laughs> law. what a silly, silly thing. Um, and then one day I went to MTV Studios because I'm from New York City, easily accessible. We were in Times Square watching um, this live show on MTV called Total Request Live, TRL. And this, mm. this woman, one of the, the VJs came down, Hillary Burton, and she did like a live Thing. you know they were like hmm. audience and stuff we get used to wave there were celebrities and all that stuff so we we're like waving and she did a live link and as I watched her I was like I don't know something went off in my head and I was like I want to do that like I want to do what she's doing so from then on like I decided that I would major in broadcast journalism in college and that's exactly what I did I joined oh, wow. a radio station while I was in college I interned at tv stations at ABC when I was in college hmm. um and I always was continually part of the process once I graduated um I was working for a Punjabi language tv show in New York oh wow and then I got the job and I moved here 
So I've always been involved in it. And it's really interesting to me because I've always been a performer. I've been dancing since I was three. So I've always been mm. on a stage, but I, for some reason, never connected making this a career until that moment. So mm, yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> and how easy or difficult do you think that was for you? A, being a woman, um, yeah. B, being a South Asian um, yeah. woman. I think, you know what, um, I don't know if this answer will be satisfactory, but I never thought about those things and call it naivety um, at the moment because I was young, I was 16, 17, you know, and I had a goal in my mind. Hmm. I never saw it as a roadblock. I never saw myself as different, even though I didn't see the representation on TV hmm. or hear it on the radio, I never saw that as a hindrance. Like it was never thought in my mind that, hmm. oh, I'm South Asian. I may not be welcome into certain circles. Hmm. I'm a woman. I may not be welcome in certain circles. And I think I want to attribute that to my teachers, the people around me, because hmm. they, I never, ever once for a moment felt as though those two things would be a hindrance and mm. I guess that's a good thing because it never it kept me driven and it kept me yeah. driving towards a goal I did have one person when I was leaving my ABC internship and maybe it makes sense now I don't know but um as I was saying my final goodbyes and I was leaving my internship and you know I was like oh yeah I'm graduating in like six months or whatever and they were mm. like oh what do you want to do after graduation and I was like oh well I want to be on tv or radio and I remember they looked at me and they went, good luck with that. And I was like, mm. oh. well, I know I'm going to be honest. I don't know what, what that means. <laughs> Not, again, very naive, very naive, very like driven towards a goal. Yeah. So I never really felt that hindrance. But I think once I joined the workforce and I've, I've, I've kind of seen how it could work in a corporate culture, I wouldn't really mm. say my company, I'm blessed to be worked with where I am and, and what mm. I do. Um, but I, I can understand how those two things can be such a hindrance. I think I was just so naive that even if it was a hindrance in my career, hmm. I didn't even think about it and I didn't even recognize it. And I just kept moving forward. Hmm. So just circling back to one thing you said yeah. that you did notice, what that there weren't many people, um, yeah. that looked like you in that industry to begin with, why do you yeah. think, because I, I, I don't think it's all to do with color. I do feel that some things were about, yeah. you know, the cultural background or the support from the family and, and things like that. But For sure, yeah. why do you think that that happens? You know what? I wish, I wish I knew because I think when it comes to the United States, we're mm -hmm. such a large country and we're so different going from one city to the next. Yeah. So I was blessed to be growing up in New York City, which is literally like the world at your doorstep. You know, I grew up in yeah. Queens and they say we speak the most languages in Queens in the world because we oh, have okay. everyone from every corner of the world. Cool. When I went to school, most people, all the kids, most of the kids that I went to school with were first generation Americans. Their parents yeah. were immigrants or, right. you know, two generations back, their parents were immigrants. So yeah. That whole thing of being from a different culture, again, was not a part of the conversation. It was just a part of our everyday life. Yeah. As far as not seeing anyone on TV that looked like me, I don't know. 
know why that didn't happen, but now as I get older and we are a little bit smarter and I'm not as naive, mm. I can understand that there are cultural differences and as to what is perceived mm. and what is seen. So I think maybe that was definitely maybe a part of it. And I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to how many South Asian women in particular chose this mm. as a profession. I'm sure mm. there were plenty of women, American, you know, Indian American women who wanted to do this as a profession, but felt like because of their families, they couldn't. Plenty, mm. I'm sure. Um, but I think as the years have gone on, it's become more quote unquote ex acceptable, acceptable to yeah. do something like this. So, and now you do see it. Now you do yeah. see so many of us in the media. So I think maybe that probably had something to play with it as well. Well, I think there's a lot more visibility now in terms of social media yeah. has also played yeah. such a huge part. But, you know, for you, when you were doing it, um, what was the support network like for you, like within your own um, vicinity? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, um, my parents are amazing and I love them and my sister as well. So everyone in my family are either doctors or like yeah. techies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's, yeah. that's the vibe. I don't fit that profile <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I think, you know, my dad and my mom, they, they instilled something in my sister and I, which was you put in the hard work for what you want to do. You know, I remember mm. when I was studying for, for exams and things like that, I'd be like cramming and it'd be like 1130 at night. I got to wake mm. up early to go to school. My dad would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, I got to test tomorrow. I got to study. And he goes, well, it's 1130 at night. There's no point in studying now. Mm. You did what you could. It is what it is. You go in and give the test tomorrow. If you don't do that well, maybe that's a lesson learned that you need to start studying a little bit earlier mm. or change something up. It's fine. Like there was never a pressure to achieve a certain number, a certain goal. So when it came to what I want to do, they're thinking I'm mm. going to do law. Um, and, and then I was like, no, I kind of want to do broadcast. I think my parents at first, the only worry that they had was like, can she have a career doing this? Will mm. she be able to earn money? Will she be able to have a life doing this? Because, mm. you know, they don't know anything about this. So they said to me, listen, we have no idea about this world. We can't help you. Mm. Do you think you can make a career out of it? Again, naive. Yeah, of course. Everyone's going to want to hire me, 16-year-old, <laughs> right? And, um, and, um, and they said, as long as you are happy doing it and you think you can make this a career, that's great. Because at the end of the day, you're the one who has to go into work, not us. Mm. So you have to choose something that you feel you will be able to do. And I kind of took that under my wing and, and you know, never mm. looked back. Look, I'm here for your 16-year-old confidence because right? there's a lot to be said at that. I mean, in my right. own experience, my dad really wanted me to be a lawyer. My whole family did. And I, and I didn't do law. And then my younger sister, who was then... Um, thinking about what she wanted to do. And she said, I want to do journalism. She actually wanted to be a journalist. And my dad said, no, you have to be a lawyer. <laughs> and oh um, he said, you can do whatever you want afterwards, but you have to do law. And my sister, complete opposite to me, very obedient. She said, okay, dad, I'll do law. And she did it. And, you know, to, um, to be fair, she really enjoyed it. Like, and she was yeah. really good at it. But it was just that mindset, like, no, no, no. Like, what is this? Because yeah. in those times, it was just, if it's not... Um, and I think, you know, circling back to when we were talking about when you don't see that representation um, visually, so when you're not seeing it on TV and you're not hearing it on mainstream radio, 
then yeah. that fear as a parent to be like, well, if you do this, then what are you going to do with this? Because there's nobody else that's kind of doing this. So it's easy, yeah. not easy. Whereas there are so many South Asian lawyers and doctors and engineers For and sure. so on. It's, it's always, it's always safe. But yeah. when we spoke about before, and I mentioned that, you know, you do bring this kind of um, uniqueness to, to Virgin Radio. So as a South Asian in the media industry, from like, in your perspective, what cultural insights do you bring to, you know, your work? Um, and how do you think they've contributed to your success? So I think what's really amazing, A, about living in Dubai is, as you said, there are so many South Asians. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it reminds me of growing up back home because I think what I've now realized, what I maybe have done or impacted is not being afraid to be both. Mm. And what I mean by that is that oftentimes, people like you and I who have grown up outside of India, who were born and mm. raised outside of India um, or Pakistan or Bangladesh, we're often told, are you American or are you mm. Indian? Which one are you? Now, again, mm. I was lucky enough to grow up in New York City where those worlds always kind of combine. Like I'd be at a mm. Gurba night, but then the next mm-hmm. day I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah, celebrating yeah. the 4th of July. Like I'm doing it all. Yeah we're doing an India Day parade in the middle of Manhattan, yeah. but we're also celebrating 4th of July. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah. or Labor Day or whatever it is. So yeah, that's always been there. And I think what maybe I have, maybe, I'm, I'm not saying I'm resting it all on my shoulders. There are plenty of people around me who've done this before me, but I think maybe I've made people more comfortable in mm. owning both because I own both. I don't think you have to be one or the other. You don't have to be just American or just Indian or just British and just Pakistani, just one, just, or the other. We are a combination of both of our cultures, you know? I'm just as American as I am Indian. I love both my my sides of my world. And I think Virgin Radio, what I love about Virgin and why I've been there now for 15 years is that we reflect the society that we live mm. in. We are from all edges of the yeah. world. We all speak different languages and we're happy to celebrate all cultures because that's yeah. the way the world should be. You know, yeah. we don't all live in little boxes. We all mingle and we all speak to each other. And I think at Virgin Radio, I hope we do a really good job. I know we always try to to be inclusive. We are for everyone. Um, you know, we celebrate everything and everyone. And I think we all are a good example of that. And I, and I hope that's what comes across when you're listening to me on the radio mm. as well. Actually, it does, because now that you've said it, I mean, I'm think, reflecting on that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, when I'm listening, you know, I relate to you. I relate to you as a South Asian, you know, growing up, um, being born and raised in, in a Western country. I relate to Rossi's like Britishness. Yeah. I, yep. you know, relate to Chris's like Dubai-ness it's all there it's a great mix and it's actually refreshing to have someone or see someone use the platform that they've been given for that because a lot of the times um when we talk about you know going back to your point of um you can be american and they see you are at the same time and i feel exactly the same i mean as a british south asian one doesn't 
I'm not one without the other. Somebody asked me this recently, what do you identify more with? Are you more British or are you more South Asian? And for me, it's both. I have the best of both worlds. However, being in this region, I feel that I'm made to question my identity a lot more. And so sometimes, you know, I have, I'm not given that space to be a British South Asian. I have to be either British or I have to be South Asian. And that causes kind of a conflict in my own mind um, as to, you know, where am I, re- where am I really from? So bringing it back to, you know, the platform that you're using um, and some of those challenges, do you have, I know you said like growing up, you were a bit naive on those things, but as you became more aware, um, were there like specific challenges or obstacles that, you know, you feel that you faced on your career trajectory? Like, how did you deal with that? You know, it's so interesting because, because I work on the radio, what's funny is the comment that I get a lot and I didn't really realize the severity of this comment. Yeah. Mm. The comment that I get a lot is like, oh, you're the girl on the radio, but you sound so American. Oh my God. I would have never guessed. <coughs> and I didn't, you know, that can now I realize it's a bit offensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I understand what they're trying to say because of my accent, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm American. But when you look at me, the mind doesn't understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah. And I think, I don't know how it is um, if you're British, but I'm sure you must feel the same way. And it's like, no, but I am American or I am British. Uh, I'm yeah. just proud of my roots. So that's yeah. a comment that I do get a lot. Um, but what I do, I, as far as challenges go, to be honest, I don't really, I don't, I, I just, I guess I'm blessed to be in the work environment that I am because I think I recognized, I always knew about the South Asian diaspora that already existed here. But I think a lot mm. of the other, my other colleagues who came in from different places around the world who maybe mm. didn't have such a loud, large South Asian presence in the mm. cities that they're from, they came here and at first they didn't realize the connection, I think. And it's yeah. not in some sort of a negative or out of a place of malice. It was just not something that they're used to yeah. on a top 40 yeah. English station, you know, yeah. to have that influence because in other places around the world, that's not a normal thing where you can yeah. throw in Desi influences. The max that we went was beware of the boys, Punjabi MC, right? Yeah. With Jay-Z. <laughs> oh my that's God, the if max. I hear that, you know, does this happen <laughs> to you? Like when you're yeah. out and as soon as that comes on, everybody like just Aren't looks you? at you and they're like, and then they just expect you to just bust out in yeah, this, yeah. Like, this whole dance movement. And you're like, oh my God, this is just not it. There are other songs, guys. We've progressed. There's Diljeet, there's AP Dillo. Yeah. Like we've progressed. <laughs> I mean, Punjabi MC is a legend. But you know, I think they didn't realize how well all of those things can kind of mix together. And mm. it was a learning curve for them because they realized, wow, the South Asian presence is really strong here. Um, and they realize that they can kind of mix mix in everything. And I think you hear that. It's reflected on the radio. And not just South Asians, you know. I'm talking about all of the cultures. You know, the other day we were playing a song from the Philippines that was really famous in like the 70s. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe you played this song. Mm. But that's what it's about, you know. And I think that that's why we're in this unique position. It's such a learning curve for people who did not grow up with, you know, 
people from either the South Asian diaspora or other places around the world. So they're oh. introduced to this new flavor. And I love that over the years, you know, I've pushed for it from my end to like push for that kind of content, to be able to play music that kind of blurs the line a little bit more, different languages and things like mm. that. And, and I think Virgin Radio has been really receptive of it and you hear the reflection on the radio. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think some of this also has to do with just the high, highlighting or having access to South Asians in mainstream musics. Because when we are talking about, you know, mainstream radio, like the top 40, um, how much of that is South Asian influence? This is why, you know, everyone looks at you when Punjabi MC plays, because it's the only kind of music that they know that comes from a South Asian background. And so what do you think that, I mean, we get, I feel like when I was thinking about this, like who, Jay Sean is the only one that came to mind who's kind of made it half there. Um, and even then, like, it's only some of his old stuff. Why do you think, or what is the barrier, or the challenges there for South Asian musicians to get that visibility? You know, it, it's interesting. And, I, and you know, Tesher, um, mm. he's done really well. Yeah. Uh, with Jalebi Baby that went worldwide. Yeah. And he he was on our show and he made the same comment and he goes, you know, Latin music is massive hmm. on mainstream English radio. Why can't we have Hindi or hmm. South Asian influences also make it to the top 40? And I think Jalebi Baby was a testament to that. Yeah. I don't know why it has not broken yet. I think maybe because Latin music has always seemed to be infused within English music for mm. years and years and years. And maybe South Asian music doing that same infusion. Although Jay Sean, Raghav, Jagdeep, mm. they all did this Rishi Rich, what, nearly 20 years ago now. Yeah. It's still new. It's still a new concept. And I think mm. artists like Jay, artists like Tesher, they're slowly starting to break down the barrier. You look at Priyanka Chopra. She is a mm. prime example of yeah, causing true. mass confusion of trying to put people in a box. Now, when yeah. Priyanka Chopra comes, you can't call her a Bollywood actress. She's yeah. just a global superstar. She's a global actress. Yeah. What box yeah. do you fit her in? Just because she's Indian, do you have to put her in the Bollywood box? Well, mm. that's not fair, right? Um, yeah. When you look at a Penelope Cruz, you're not only putting her in, in a Latina box. She's mm. just an actress, a global actress. So, I think it's slowly starting to break down, but you have to remember our sort of entry into that music world is only about Jay Sean's down was what, 15 mm. years ago, 10 years ago, yeah. you <laughs> still know, singing it. Yeah. It's, we're still singing it, but that's a very short amount of time, you know, yeah. to have yeah. that crossover. So I think we just got to keep going at it. Like the momentum is there. And I think Priyanka has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, what oh, she's yeah. done for that crossover. But we just got to ch keep chipping away, you know, shows like Never Have I Ever that Mindy Kaling created, yeah. things like that, that are creating for a mass audience that includes the South Asian culture. Miss Marvel on Disney Plus oh is God, an amazing yeah. example of how seamlessly that Pakistani culture was weaved into the story without it being an obvious thing. Yes, you know, it was just a daily part of the, the show and it was beautifully scripted. Yeah. So as long as we keep chipping away at that and keep moving yeah. ahead with that, 
it will happen. I think we, this generation, our generation is really eager to see like the explosion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, and, yeah, because it's, it's, it feels like it's been a long time coming, right? But it's so, yeah. it is so great to actually see that South Asia. I mean, never have I ever. I think yeah. it's just broken. Like that, that, that's reality. That is a, a prime example of the reality of a South Asian um, growing in, uh, you know, being raised and born in a Western world and the battle of, you know, fighting, yeah. not fighting, but the living, the Western and the Eastern life. So mm-hmm. that was a great depiction. Now we've just got so many more South Asians that are representing um mainstream media whether it's films you know people like mindy uh lily singh even like you know in acting, simone ashley like, yeah yeah like so exactly many, so many. riz ahmed yeah. there's just like so much out there that now when you look back at it you know when you're like there aren't many people that look like me up there now there's a lot more but it feels like there's still a lot of work to be done to kind of still break away from those stereotypes and music is probably one yeah. of them for sure yeah I mean and I think the stereotype yeah there's still a lot of tropes that are used in mainstream media you know mm. um and I think we're working towards it I mean if you look at never have I ever the accent always mm. get me in that yeah. show but <laughs> but overall like you said the themes are something that a lot of people have related to and mm. not just South Asians, but anyone who's grown up in an immigrant family yeah. from wherever you are around the world has mm. probably related to those things. So we're getting there. And I think, as you said, you know, we say, oh, there's no one there, but there are so many people there. There will be more. And I think it also comes from the acceptance, quote unquote, mm. acceptance uh, on the Western side of cinema out of South yeah. Asia as well. You look at RRR, you look yeah. at, you know, these movies, they're breaking boundaries. I feel like for a long time, Bollywood scene, Bollywood in general, I'm not even talking about the South Asian film, uh, South Indian film industry, because that's a yeah. whole different conversation. Yeah. But like the Bollywood conversation, a lot of times it was seen as this song and dance. And it's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, but, you know, people didn't realize there are actually some great work that's not song and dance that's coming yeah. out of it. And I think it's that's amazing being movies to, now. Yeah. yeah. So like that's being started to take more seriously. So when, not that we need the approval of the West and we never did, yeah. but I think what we're asking for as correct me if I'm wrong, as South Asian diaspora kids is we want to see what we're watching in our living rooms rented from the guy, the Indian uncle yeah. down the street on our regular mainstream channel. Yeah. We want to relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the TV producers and networks and studios, they are realizing that. The music studios are also realizing that. Timbaland for years has used Indian music, South Asian music influences. And he's always owned up to it. He's always said, hey, I'm influenced by South Asian music. So it's, again, I think we're getting there. Yes, we'd like to speed up that train. But it's getting there. We got to keep doing yeah. it. You know, we got to keep it's, talking about yeah. it. We got to keep doing it. It's it's just the battle of breaking the stereotype as well. You know, yeah. When it comes to well, it's not about all song and dance. And I, I took um went with some friends recently um 
uh, non-South Asian friends who watched the movie that Ricky, Rocky Arani. Rocky Arani, um, yeah. Abraham, yeah. And it was just so amazing watching their reaction. You know, there were tears, there, were, there was laughter. And then we literally had this three-hour debrief afterwards. Yeah. And um, what was really informative, like, you know, we were talking about, okay, uh, it's funny, the film was, you know, hilarious, but these actually stem from real life situations. And just, you know, talking about breaking those like stereotypes and how they perceive um, the Indian film industry, where they did expect, well, I mean, it did have a song and a dance every, you know, bit of the way. Um, but we were telling them like, actually there's more to Indian film industry than just like songs and dances. And we were like recommending movies and stuff. And they've been watching one of my friends recently, she watched, um, I made her watch queen and she was on the floor. She was on the floor. She was like, this was brilliant. This was so good. There wasn't like singing and dancing in there. It just felt so relatable. And for yeah. me, it's like if I can easily, I love my Korean dramas, I love watching my yeah. Spanish dramas. If I can really easily do that, then why is there no no not much more visibility? Sorry, why is there not more visibility on okay, I'm not gonna say like, you know, Star Plus dramas, but there are other things that we do. You might yeah. need a few years for those Star Plus dramas, but you know, we <laughs> no, have No, but some... it's happening. But I think that's the thing. It's ha- it's starting to happen. You know, um, we're we're starting to see this kind of stuff happen. We're starting to see the crossover. We're starting to see people who are not not South Asian interested in our art, in our mm. music, in our movies. It's happening, and I think a lot of credit goes to social media as well because what pops yeah. up on your explore page may be something that you've never seen before, and it's happening. Mm. I think you know, yeah, that's that's what I feel. I feel like we're we want to see the explosion, but I think we just got to follow the trail because Mm. all the others have also like Korean dramas have been around far before the discovery Mm. by the, I say discovery quote unquote by people who are not Korean, you know, that explosion only happened a few years ago. K dramas. No one talked about K dramas before. Maybe there was a niche market for non-Koreans who were watching it, but now it's a part. So it's, just we just got to keep going we got to ask yeah. south asians if you're in the industry keep producing the content keep pushing keep trying to get yeah. those roles keep pushing the music and it will eventually happen you look at raja kumari yeah she's oh, brilliant yeah, yeah. She's brilliant Great you know enough. you look at divine he's another brilliant artist yeah. ap dillo what he's uh, done yeah. the stadiums that he's, yeah. yeah stadiums that he sold out you look at diljeet diljeet is yeah. now at Coachella, like that yeah, is a nice. huge, huge yeah. moment. And I understand that we may not be everywhere like Latin artists, etc. Yeah. But we can't take these achievements like Viljeet at Coachella lightly. That yeah. is a massive, massive That's representation right there. On yeah. the highest level. Like mm. those festival goers were probably were like, we're going to take a gamble on Gojit Assange. Yeah. And credit to Sonali Singh, shout out if she ever sees this. Sonali's amazing, the woman behind Gojit. You know, she was like, I'm going to get you to Coachella. We're going to do Coachella. Gojit is like, yeah. I want to do Coachella. Let's do Coachella. So yeah. there, I'm assuming that the Coachella organizers were like, all right, this guy's got a following, right? But yeah. how is he going to do on this Coachella stage? Let's take the gamble. And what they got. Yeah. was just, whoo, and yeah. also 
also, I think a lot of these studios and stuff are waking up to the fact that, yo, there's a billion people in India alone. Yeah. There's a, a mass. Yeah. It's a mass market. It's yeah. WhatsApp's biggest user. It's Instagram's biggest user. Yeah. You know, like, let's go down the list of all the, so it's everyone's biggest user except yeah. for TikTok because it's not there. If TikTok was still there, they would be the biggest user as yeah, well. We do. Yeah, so, they would, yeah. So they're finally starting to realize that, hey, we got to capture that South Asian market mm. because we're losing views and clicks and concert tickets. You know, mm. Trevor Noah just was in Mumbai this weekend. Mm, yeah, that was mad. I saw show. that. Yeah. So would Everyone that have happened? Everyone has to go there now. Yeah. Yeah. Would that, would, would that have happened maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago? Maybe not. You know, mm. so let's not take those milestones that we're achieving um, too lightly because those are massive mm. achievements. And it will happen. I think we're on the right track. Tell me about an interview that you've done that really like had a significant impact on you. I think Priyanka. Okay. I think Priyanka, we've interviewed her a few times. And yeah. I think the last time I interviewed her was right before COVID. And it was just at that time where she just hit it, you know, like she right, just yeah. hit it. And she's always been really nice and humble. And I feel like she gets a lot of hate in the press and I don't really, mm. and, and I think a lot of it comes from she, she made it in two different industries, mm. you know, and she's got that success you know, and it might be just haters. <laughs> do you also think, like, I found, I find this sometimes and it really makes me sad as much as I love my culture and identity. There are, there are things about it that, you know, I feel like we bring each other down instead of like, yeah uplifting and you know talking about each other's successes like we're so quick to be like oh well you know she's only made it because you know she got married to Nick Jonas and and you know who does she think she is moving over to the states it just really makes me wonder why do we do that you know I wish I wish I knew why because (laughs) I think you know I think a lot of it comes from maybe you know that phrase in Hindi, Lok Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a generational thing and I think we learn it from our past generation. Because I feel like, mm. you know, those memes about aunties being up in yeah. everyone's business and oh that it's true though. We've seen it yeah. with our own eyes and exactly, it's happened yeah. within everyone's families. And I think we internalize it, but we don't realize we've learned it. Yeah. So I think a little part of that is there. And the other thing is, I feel like maybe it's hard for us to believe that it can happen without any sort of side deal. Mm, yeah. You know? But I think that's a lot to do with jealousy as well. Yes, you know? yes, like... 100%. Like, if the roles were reversed, if any one of those people who made a comment like that were given the same opportunity that Priyanka was, you're telling me they wouldn't take it? That is the yeah. low, that is the, the, I can't say the words. But that is the lowest, yeah. like the biggest amount of you know what I've heard. Exactly, yeah. Everyone would take would. the opportunity. And I think it's sad. You're right. It is sad. But she's one of the, not the only one, but she's one of the ones who've made it really big yeah. on both ends of the world. Yeah. So I think she is going to take a lot of flack for it. But yeah. the people after her hopefully will not, you know? Yeah. I think she's paved the way for a lot of conversations and a lot of um transitions and we have seen lots like you said lots of people moving over after she's actually paved that way but it always takes the first right 
Yeah, and the first we'll get we'll get all the stones thrown at them. We'll get all the comments. We'll have to answer all the questions. I mean, you look at Ashwarya Rai. She did it first. She went. She tried Pink Panther. She did a bunch. Malika Sharava. She did it as well. She was, and she's still on the can circuit till this day. You know, you had Anil Kapoor. Who was in Slumdog yeah, Millionaire. But it's different because he's a man. And exactly. I just felt like it was a completely different yes. reception that he got. Um, yep. People, oh, wow, it's amazing. And, you know, but yeah, it, that's, that's, I think that's a whole conversation. On um, its own, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what yeah. advice would you yeah. give to young, not even young South Asians, I think anybody, any South Asian yeah. that's looking to pursue um, a career in media on the radio, given your own experiences? I think also, uh, you know, I, I did this in a time that was very different than now. And that's because mm. social media really didn't exist. All we had was Facebook and that was just yeah. brand new when I graduated, you know? So yeah. it was a very different world. Um, I think nowadays because some people can become social media superstars overnight, they think it's super easy um, yeah. and it's not. Uh, radio is an art form that is completely different than just you're great at holding a conversation with friends. Mm. It's a completely different art form. I think if you want to be in this industry, you have to be fully committed to it because it's going to take you for a ride. I mean, there were yeah. times on my internships where I would be up at two o'clock in the morning to go set up for the radio station, work a full day, work another event at night and come back at nine o'clock mm. at night and then start all over again the next day. Yeah. And that's life you will have to do internships where you don't get paid. And that is part of the job. Mm. That is, you got to pay your dues. I did plenty of that stuff. That means when I was hired to do a promotions intern, for example, when I was 17 in high school, it was for a radio station in New York City. Our main job of the day was to call all the winners from the radio station, confirm their details, and tell them how they can win their tickets or their prize or claim their prize. Literally, that was our job from morning till night. That's all we did. And clean the closet, organize all the prizes. That that was our job. But I was eager to learn. So every day when I finished my do, you know, my duty for the day, and I had a break, I'd walk into my boss's office and I go, "Hey, what are you doing today? Is there anything that I can help you with?" Mm. Every day I did that, every single day. And because I asked those questions, and I was like, "What Mm. more can I do?" I was privileged enough to be given things that were not for interns, you know, yeah. go and help the breakfast club uh, show with their, whatever they're doing mm. that day. Hey, we have a, a concert with John Mayer tonight. Could you help us tonight? Interns yeah. aren't supposed to be there, but I was able to do it. I was able to learn, Hey, could you handle the VIP list for the concert tonight? Remember, they're going to be executives. There's going to be this, 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 please make sure that yeah. they're seated in their table. These are things you don't give to a 17 year old yeah. girl in high school, yeah. but you know, it was because I, I wanted to, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to, I was hungry for it. So my biggest thing is if you're going to be doing what you're doing, doing this industry, please be prepared to work hard, ask questions. No one's going to be like, oh, it looks like you've uh, learned how to work, uh, you know, a microphone. Come on over and have the show. No one's going to do that. You got to work for it. You got to ask for it. You got to work hard. So, you know, imagine you walk into the room. Here's my resume. Yes, you may have your own TV show. Yeah, right. Like that's never going to happen. So I think be prepared to work hard. Be prepared to do more than what you've been given. Yeah. Pay your dues. 
and just love what you do. And if you don't love this, don't do it because it's, it's going to spit you. you it's going to spit you out. You cannot do this. It's exhausting. It's long hours. It's weird hours. You won't be able to survive if yeah. you don't love it. For sure. Um, okay, so just before we end, um, yeah. there's a question that I like to ask all my guests, and that is, what's brown got to do with it for you? So what does it mean to be brown to you? To me, it's a part of me. It's a part of my DNA. It's who I am. I'm so grateful that, you know, my parents instilled our culture within us, our language within us when from a young age. I'm so grateful that I learned about my holidays and you know, the clothes and the movies, like I grew up mm. on Hindi movies, you know, like, mm. and I'm grateful for that. And I'm so proud of our culture. It's a beautiful culture. Yes, there are complexities to it. And there's things that have evolved over the years. But at the base of it, it's a beautiful, beautiful culture. And I'm so proud to wear that on my skin every single day. Thank you, Pretty. I love that. Thank you so much for being um, here today. It was such a inspiring conversation. Um, Thank you. And I think you know, I think the gist of what we've spoken about is just amazing to say to see people like yourself, you know, representing, um, making me proud to be like, oh, you know, there's someone that looks like me that I listen to every morning, that my child listens to every morning, and and it's normal. Um, and we're normalizing this kind of presence now. I love that. But thank, thank you, you and good luck for everything. And hopefully we will speak to you soon. Hopefully we'll Bye. meet in person. Bye. Oh, sure. <laughs> Take care. Bye.